I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+, plus, 18+, plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem for 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. have a little emergency New York, New York. And the reason for this is our favorite Yankee, or one of my favorite Yankees, got his number retired today, which is awesome. And when you consider the criteria the Yankees have for retiring numbers, Paul O'Neill should be there. The problem is the Yankees retire way too many numbers. That's the issue. So I saw him tweeting about this. I figured he was the perfect guy to have on. Our Yankee historian himself. What's up, Jacko? Long time no speak. How you doing, buddy? Good, my friend. How are you? Good to talk with you. Well, Jacko, you kind of struck a nerve with me earlier today when I saw you tweeting about this because I felt the exact same way. It feels like a sin for us to be like critiquing the idea of the Yankees retiring Paul Neal's number because you said this to me in text. I feel this way. He's my favorite all-time Yankee. Like it's Mattingly, O'Neal, and Pettit. So like I'm thrilled for Paul O'Neal. But when you think about the Yankees and you think about the way they've done business as far as retiring numbers over the last 40 to 50 years, dude, they retire way too many damn numbers. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm in an unenviable position here because I I love, 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 love Paul O'Neill. I loved him as a player, the warrior, the whole nine yards, everything he gave to the Yankees, the fire he brought them. I yield to no one in my love of Paul O'Neill. I just don't think that he is worthy of having his number retired by the Yankees, which, in my personal opinion, should be reserved for the greatest of the greatest, the absolute unquestionable pantheon. I'm not opposed to him having a plaque. He should have a plaque. You know, spots in the museum, you know, jerseys, et cetera. Just retiring a number, to me, should be like the holiest of the holy. I don't think he meets the holiest of the holy criteria for me. Here's the problem, though. You look at the names that are in Monument Park that have numbers retired. Right. Jacko, there are plenty of guys on that list who are not the holy of the holy. Like, let's be honest. If we're talking about the importance and the significance of the Yankee dynasty, 
Paul O'Neill's a more central figure in the Yankee dynasty than Jorge Posada. He just is. No question. There's no question. I mean, I mean, Posada, Posada is close because he's, you know, he's the core four, but his numbers don't merit being, being a retired number. Um, but, you, you know, I mean, like you said in the beginning, the criteria that the Yankees utilize now, O'Neill definitely fits under that. But the problem is exactly what you said. Steinbrenner started this later in his life where everybody was getting their number retired. And in, in the beginning, when they first did that, I mean, the first number they ever retired, the first one ever retired in baseball history was Lou Gehrig. And they did it on Lou Gehrig Day when he had his retire, famous retirement speech. You know, today I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And let's face it, he, one, they did it because he was Lou Gehrig. And two, because they knew he was dying. And it was like a, you know, it was like a living wake or a living tribute to him, a memorial. So I think for me, when you start with an immortal like Lou Gehrig, retiring numbers should be reserved for only the immortals. I think there's a fine line, though, because you want to honor the legends of a franchise. Like the guy I'm going to pinpoint who's not an immortal, he's not a Hall of Famer, is Don Mattingly. To me, Don Mattingly's number has to be retired. Like when you think about his (laughs) dominance, his peak, and I know he's your dude, Jacko. Like, that's the sort of guy to me where I can say, you know what? I'm going to make an exception. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Hall of Famer. But, like, when I see Jorge Posada or I see Reggie Jackson after five years, how is Reggie Jackson's number retired by the Yankees? That's a joke. That is a joke. But Steinbrenner loved him, and that was, you know, his big signing. He loved the headlines he brought and the flash and everything else, the media coverage. And Jacko, he wanted him to retire a Yankee. Because remember, that was when the Hall of Fame didn't decide, right? You know, that was when the player had to decide what cap they were wearing. I think Steinbrenner tried to bribe uh, Reggie to go in as a Yankee by wearing a hat, basically. Yeah, and then he would retire his number. I mean, I think that was explicitly stated, and that was the thing for a while, that if you were, you know, you were borderline as to what hat you would wear in the Hall of Fame, if you went in as a Yankee, you got your number retired. But I know Reggie had the three home runs in game six. That's an iconic moment. To me, he's not a true Yankee. He played only five years there. He played for too many teams. He was too controversial. The straw that stirs the drink, everything else, all the Bronx Zoo stuff with, you know, with Billy Martin. I would not retire his number. Now, the Mattingly thing, that cuts me deep. That cuts me deeper than the O'Neill thing because under my my criteria and what I tweeted out today as to who I think should be, have their numbers retired by the Yankees, I did not include Mattingly. And I literally would give Don Mattingly a kidney, like one of my kidneys if he needed it. Like I yield, yield. I said this about O'Neill. I absolutely yield to nobody in my love of Mattingly. And then he was the iconic Yankee of the 80s, arguably the best player in baseball. But unfortunately, I think the injuries just, just keep him short of being in the pantheon. I don't think you necessarily have to be a Hall. Well, I guess I do think you have to be a Hall. I was going to say, with your really, list, basically, with the exception of the tragic passing of Thurman Munson, Every guy that you right. tweeted out, Jacko, is basically a Hall of Famer. Every single guy. Yeah. So that is maybe the Jacko yeah, criteria. You want him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the thing with the, the thing about the Yankees is the Yankees have so much history and they've had so many great players that there's guys that you could say, yes, they deserve it, but they just didn't make the cut. Because, you know, the Yankees are not like other franchises where they're trying to scrape history together and, and scrape immortals together. Like, you know, the Yankees, off the top of your head, you can say Ruth Gehrig, Mantle, DiMaggio. Like, that's easy, right? It's just, like, not just four iconic Yankees, but four of the most iconic players in the history of baseball. 
So when you start right there, that's what I think, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, when you play for the Yankees, that's the company that you're in and those are the people that you're going to be compared to. And I think that's really the company of people that should be that Jersey retirement should be reserved for. I make an exception for Munson because even uh, because of the tragic way that he died and what he meant to those teams of the seventies as the captain and the leader. When you die like that during your career, I think that's a fitting tribute and a memorial. So he becomes an immortal through his tragic death. Uh, I wouldn't have that open for everybody. I don't think they're going to retire Corey Lytle's number, even though he tragically died too, while still an active player. But Munson, Munson, what he did for the 70s Yankees, coupled with the way he died, I think that makes him an immortal. So although it pains me deeply to say that under my criteria, Mattingly would not make the cut, I, I just don't think he makes the cut. See, you're stricter to me because I would have Mattingly there. So like, if I'm being reasonable about this, that's the only non-Hall of Famer that I would put. And if I had to put out of any of these guys, the second non-Hall of Famer in out of Williams, Gidry, Pettit, then I look at, hmm, Posada. I don't believe Elston Howard's in the Hall of Fame. I could be wrong about that if he ended up getting in on a veterans committee or whatnot. Um, and then uh, Tory's in, although I don't like the managers getting in, to be honest with you. I don't know if you feel that way, Jack. I don't need the, the manager getting his number retired. That's just me. I know, and I and I I don't think really. I mean, with Billy Martin, we associate him with the number one. But like, does number six really like conjure up Joe Torre to you? Like that jersey's like an no, iconic. No, I mean he had the jacket on all Joe the time. Torrey. When did you see Torre have the? You, you never saw the number six. Exactly. Plus, Boone wears the batting practice just like the sweatshirt a lot. So, what would they possibly retire when he when his number gets retired? You know. Are you ready for that ceremony? The uh, the uh, the robot Aaron Boone Monument Park, the plaque. I'm getting you legend seats for that one, Jacko. I would not be surprised. Let me tell you, I would not be surprised. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over two hundred thousand miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade, Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So you're out on the managers. Okay. 
Yeah. And I mean, Casey Stengel, I mean, you can't argue his resume, certainly with, you know, the 11 World Series or whatever it is, ridiculously. But uh, he, but I just don't think the manager's number should be retired. And I don't think it means as much as the player's number because it's not like, you know, if you, somebody wears 37, you're not going to be like, oh my God, that was Casey Stengel's number. You know, like, I just don't think it's going to have the same correlation. You know, in the early days when they, the Yankees, when they retired numbers, and then they would, they had like the monument thing is overdone too, really. Although I can understand that because I think you got to, you know, you have so much history and you have to recognize these guys some way. But at the old Yankee Stadium, they only had three monuments. It was for Ruth Gehrig and Miller Huggins, I believe. So they had, they had retired numbers and then like the elite of the elite as perceived by them then is Ruth and Gehrig. They got monuments. Now then, of course, you know, Mantle and DiMaggio lived up to the Pantheon. So then you've had more guys, more monuments. But I would almost have a two-tier thing where certain guys can get plaque and then certain guys get their numbers retired. That's what I would do. The Pantheon gets their numbers retired. The lesser level of guys, they get plaques. And you have enough room out there to have plaques in Monument Park. So that that's, that's my personal theory. That's what I would do. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. So Jacko would have retired Jeter, Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Mantle. Barra would fit your list, right? The Barra-Dickey duo? Yeah. Well, that's the thing that's odd for me. I mean, I'm obviously far too young to have seen most of these guys play, but certainly Bill Dickey play. It's a weird thing because, you know, Dickey was an immortal. Like those years, the 30s Yankees were the, were the Garrett Dickey years, as I've read. Dickey was like an all-time catcher before, you know, Barra and Johnny Bench. He was the, he was the guy for catchers. So, I, I'm, you know, I don't have a strong feeling about that really because, you know, because he was way before my time. I just think it's weird to have two numbers retired for two different guys. And I feel like since you gave the number to Barra and he superseded him, you know, in terms of rings and uh, play on the field, I think it belongs to Barra. So, yeah, I would I would do Yogi, yes. All right, we're in on eight. Out on Maris Horrible nine. oversight by me missing that today. Well, that's all right. I'll give you a pass. Give you a complete pass. You were... You, you were trying to be as big a stickler as possible. And I was like, there's no possible way Jacko is leaving Yogi off this list. I, I couldn't believe that. No way. No way. That was a mistake. Maris out. Rizzuto is out. I know he's a Hall of Famer because he got yeah. on the Veterans Committee. Rizzuto, stat-wise, not a Hall of Fame player. Should not have his number retired. No. He should not be in the Hall of Fame, and he should not have his number retired. Great Yankee, great Yankee broadcaster, did win an MVP, I believe, in the 40s. Uh, but not, not, you know, I mean, he, that was a thing they did because of, like, everything he meant to the franchise. You want to retire his microphone like the Celtics did for Johnny Most? Absolutely. But not he should not have his jersey number retired now. All right, so we're in on Munson. We're in on Whitey Ford. Basically, I think yeah, our only dis- I think our only disagreement, Jacko, is going to be twenty three Mattingly. I think that's our only disagreement. Yeah. And listen, it, you know, I'm I'm not going to cry about Mattingly's number being retired. I think he's extremely justifiable because in a lot of you know in a World Series lead decade, I mean, he was the guy, and he wasn't just like the guy for the Yankees. I mean, he was the guy in baseball, and and if injuries, you know, he was on track to be an immortal to be in the pantheon and his back just didn't let him live up to that. And it's, it's a tragedy and it's, it's, I mean, there's worse tragedies, but uh, you know, it's sad that he never lived up to be in the pantheon. So I, I could totally see him getting in. I'm just going to be a stickler about my criteria and I'm going to keep him out. What retire number? I'm hard for the on Yankees. his numbers. 
Yeah, because right now we're pretty damn close. What retired number for the Yankees bothers you the most? Well, I don't love Reggie Jackson as the. I don't, I don't consider him a true Yankee, so that one bothers me. Phil Rizzuto, I think, is ridiculous, but uh, I could live with it because of everything he did for the franchise. So I'd say probably like one of those two. The Maris one I get because you know, well, yeah, number nine is retired, right? It is um, correct. Yeah, the the Maris thing, I guess, you know, he had the home runs. I mean, he had one iconic Well, he played a couple good seasons with the Yankees. One iconic season in breaking an iconic record, but he I mean, you know, he he was not an he was not an all-time Yankee either in the Pantheon. I would I wouldn't have done him. Back-to-back MVPs, dominant for like 3 years. I mean, you know what? I I wouldn't, but I understand the thought process behind the Yankees retiring his number, especially the way he got screwed in 1961, Jacko. He got screwed. Yeah, that was a makeup cuz he, you know, everybody was rooting for Mantle that year and nobody wanted him. There were old-timers didn't want him to break Ruth uh, record. He went through a lot of stress. You know, he's losing his hair and everything else and smoking a carton of cigarettes a day. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get why they did it. I just don't think it was really justified. Let's have some fun here. The next Yankee number to be retired. You ready for these three choices, Jacko? CC Sabathia, uh, yeah, yeah. 52. Alex Rodriguez, yeah. number 13. Aaron Judge, 99. What is the next Yankee number retired? Sabathia. They're going to do Sabathia because I think Sabathia gets into the Hall of Fame. I don't think they would touch A-Rod because I think it's going to be too controversial. If Judge spends his career with the Yankees, he's going to probably have his number retired, but I think that Sabathia will have it done first. And I don't have a problem with CC getting his number retired, by the way. Again, because of what we went through with the criteria. If the Yankees were sticklers like they should be, then maybe we have a different conversation. But, I mean, oh, yeah. look at CC's resume, World Series, ALCS MVP, yep. was on a team for a decade, beloved figure, and he's a Hall of Famer? I can live with that. Yeah, under their – I mean, he he wouldn't get in under my criteria, but but he's going to get in under theirs. And and I don't – I'm not – I don't really hate it because I, I love CC. So – and he was the heart and soul of that team you know that won in 2009 so and you know he pitched a lot of big games so i'm not gonna like go nuts about that one but i don't think he would again he should get a plaque but he's not an immortal you know all right buddy over under may 15th your first text to me belly aching about the yankees will we even have a season at that point that's why i put it at may 15th you're going over under well, I think that they will finally come up with a deal. It may be a shortened season at this rate, but I think they're going to have a season. My whining about them will be the, oh, bang the under, because I, I have so little faith in them and what they've done and are going to do this offseason and and in, in Eric Boone and Cashman. So I will have a vitriolic uh, text to you well before May 15th. Bang the under. Like, I'm, I'm, looking for, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. And by the way, how about everyone trying to get suckered into this idea that they're going to sign Freddie Freeman whenever the lockout ends? I mean, you want to talk about just throwing a bunch of BS right in my face. They're not paying $300 million to go and sign Freddie Freeman. I hope I'm wrong on that because he's a stud. Mark my words, Jacko. That ain't happening. It's not going to happen. And, and you know, re- really more to the point of our overall conversation, you know, when they have this thing for Paul O'Neill, 
it's so reminiscent of what I tweeted earlier with the Red Sox when the Red Sox were having a lousy year in 2012. And all of a sudden, in like August, they announced they were going to have the celebration of the 2004 team, like the, the eighth anniversary of 2004. And what they were trying to do was, you know, distract the fans with a shiny object. So they were like, look at this. We're, we're going to have the celebration of 2004. Forget how awful we are. Well, the Yankees are like, Paul O'Neill was a beloved Yankee of the 90s, deservedly so. So we're going to retire his number. And you can forget about the fact that we made no moves this offseason to improve a team that was mediocre and underachieved last year. And we brought Boone back, who everybody hates. And, but hey, we're going to retire Paul O'Neill's number. So that's what, they're, that's what this is all about. I have zero faith that they are going to go out and get Correa or that they're going to get uh, Freddie Freeman. And all this offseason, they have promoted this kid Volpe like he is the sex coming of Mickey Mantle. And you talk about putting pressure on this kid, and and it's like the, the hype they have for him as a way to show fans, oh, we don't need to go spend a lot of money because the future is almost here, is nonsensical. The kid's never going to live up to that level of hype that they're like, we didn't need Correa because we got, or, or, or Seeger or Trevor Story even because we have Volpe. It's ridiculous. But that that's what they've become now is like, you know, they know the fans are unhappy by and large. There hasn't been a world, they haven't sniffed a World Series since 2009. And we're going to have all these like shiny objects like Paul O'Neill's number retired or Volpe as the next great thing. To, and, you know, Peraza to distract fans from the fact that we that Hal doesn't want to spend any money is what it fundamentally comes down to. So you're telling so me you haven't there bought, already every, you haven't bought your Jason Dominguez rookie card yet. That's what you're telling me. I have I have not. I was not the guy that spent half a million dollars or whatever it was on eBay to buy that or wherever some auction where his rookie card went for that, which is asinine. And I just, I, I know everything they've done this offseason, I'm so despondent, or everything they haven't done this offseason has made me so despondent. And what they've become as a franchise has made me so despondent. And, you know, when they, when they pass on Machado, when they pass on Bryce Harper, which remains the dumbest thing in the world, every day, like they're leaking things about, oh, we got to extend Judge, and that's going to be expensive, and you all love Aaron Judge, and he's going to cost money. The Yankees crying poverty, like they couldn't afford Freeman, Correa, and Judge. That's what they wanted to do. Or went out and got Olsen and, you know, had to trade some of these much who prospects signed a big shortstop. The notion that they can't do all those things and sign Judge is laughable. For the amount of money that franchise is worth and the amount of money they generate with their own TV network and everything else, it's ridiculous. And if fans buy into that, well, then, you know, you've embraced the mediocrity. And, and I'm not going to be a party to that. I always love getting oh, really hard fired up. I, I didn't expect <laughs> to go in this direction, but... You know, even with baseball not on the horizon, I can sense the anger and I can sense the hostility in you, my friend. And uh, I'm already planning the the legend seats uh, for the Boone retirement. I'm ready. Uh, The the, the bouquets. (laughs) Maybe we'll get you in the limo. You know, maybe we'll get you like right behind the dugout so you can have a great look at our favorite son when he gets his number retired in the Monument Park. Just for you, okay? He'll let me make a speech on his behalf. I would like to look forward to that. So. I was going to say, we'll work on that. You know, it might be Tim Wakefield. It might be right. Bob Boone and uh, and Jacko. I right. like that. I like that. There you go. It's good. It's a good triple bill. Yeah. Buddy, don't be a stranger. Hopefully we have baseball at some point. And I, I, I you know, I want to go back now and watch like the Armando Benitez at bat. Like I need something after that conversation <laughs> to put me in a much better mood. The Armando Benitez at bat in game one of the 2000 World Series might do it for me. Just saying. All right, there you go. All right, that was fun. 
Uh, Paul Neal gets his number retired. We had to do a little something on it. So it's always good catching up with Jacko. We're back tomorrow with our top five worst New York sports losses since 2010. We'll have a little primer for what you're going to get. Final couple of weeks with the Knicks and the Nets is the second half of the NBA season. It's more than halfway through, but host all-star break NBA season. About to get going. The Knicks are on national TV like five straight times, by the way. So I don't know what the schedule makers were thinking. Like the Heat game, the two Sixer games. They're on national TV every night. Wonderful. The rest of America can watch the mediocre team we belong to in all the year. So buckle up for that. We're back tomorrow. Good stuff, everybody. Did you out. Be good.